Hello, you're listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. I'm Rachel, and as always, I'm joined by Stephanie and Amber. It's March. Ladies, do you feel like spring has sprung? My allergies feel like spring has sprung. <laughs> the coat okay. I had to wear today says no. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was cold down here, too, today. I was like, what happened? I thought it was getting warmer. The weather was very confused this week, I'll say that. I think it's the spring of deception. That's what it was. <laughs> I think I think we're supposed to get snow on Friday, but I am excited because um, I, I've said before, my daughter does Irish dancing and we're coming up on what they call green season. So she has a bunch of performances this weekend and next week. And it's a lot of fun. Very exciting. Cool. That sounds so cute. Well, speaking of spring, we, a lot of people are going to Universal for spring break. So mm-hmm. we thought we would take things down the road and over to the other park. Most people know about the big things at Universal, like the awesome Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which includes Hogsmeade, Diagon Alley, and of course, the Hogwarts Express that connects the two parks. And of course, Universal is famous for their roller coasters like the new Jurassic Park Velocicoaster, the Incredible Hulk Coaster, and the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. But tonight, we are not here to discuss the spotlight attractions. We're here to talk about some of Universal's hidden gems. And we thought of this topic because several of our clients are heading to the parks, like we said, this spring and summer. And as part of their package, they receive either a three, a four, or a five-day ticket. They oftentimes will run promos where they give you those longer tickets that, you know, you want to go ahead and take advantage of because you're down there. So tonight... We're going to be sharing aspects of the park that you may not know about so that you can be sure to include them if you're visiting for more than a day or two. So the first thing we're going to talk about are attractions. So what are some of the lesser known attractions that you might want to check out? And I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to dive right into my favorite weird attraction, and that is the E.T. Adventure. It is straight up the strangest theme park ride I've ever been on. Um, (laughs) But I'll say that I think it's weird and wonderful. So basically the gist of it is E.T.'s home planet is dying and he needs your help to save it. You're going to jump on a flying bike, which is pretty cool. It's a tame flying bike, so you don't have to worry. Um, And you're going to fly off to the sky. You may question what is going on by the second half of the ride. But I think it's worth it just to get your dose of weirdness during your universal trip. I was going to counter with Captain EO, but that was not a ride. <laughs> that was more of a show. E.T. has so. such a special place in my heart. It was like one of the first movies movies that I saw as a kid. And I might have actually watched it in the theaters. It might have been one of my first movies that I saw in the theaters. So as like I was born in 78. So as an 80s kid. E.T. has a special place in my heart. And whenever, still to this day, whenever I meet someone whose name is Elliot, I'm like, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) I think I like this one too, just because Universal is known for such thrilling rides that this one is not as thrilling. And it's kind of nice just to have a more chill option. So for people that want to take a little bit of a break, this is a good one. And that leads me to my second one, which is the high in the sky suit trolley. I don't think this one is hidden per se, because you can see it clearly in Seuss land, but I do think that people might skip over it because it might appear to be a little kid's ride and maybe it is, but the relaxing pace, 
the great views over the parks, especially at dusk. And the length of this ride honestly make it one of my favorite rides in the park. I've heard people say that the Seuss trolley is kind of like the people mover meets Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, you get a really good view of a lot of things going on. Yeah. Again, nighttime is a great time to go. Amber, what are your hidden gems? All right, so my first one, um, I wanna talk about the Hogwarts Express. I know it's not exactly a hidden gem because most people know about it, but many people may not realize that it's a different ride experience, whether you're riding from Universal to Islands or from Islands to Universal. The Universal side is supposed to represent the King's Cross section of the Wizarding World and the Muggle World. Um, and the Islands of Adventure side represents Hogsmeade, the Wizarding Village that Hogwarts students love to visit. So I think it's really cool that you get a different experience going both ways. So if you have time, definitely don't ride it once, you gotta ride it twice so you can get the full effect. My other hidden gem um, is Pteranodon Flyers. This one is just for kids. Um, something unique about this ride, it has a minimum and a maximum height. So it has a minimum of 36 inches and a maximum of 56. I think that an adult can accompany a child if the child doesn't want to ride alone, um, but it's really cool. They You get to um, slowly soar above the um, up in the air, get that nice bird's eye view of the park. Um, so it's really cool. And I want to do this one. I don't think it's fair that they make it just for the kids. <laughs> My kids have aged out of this and I'm so sad. <laughs> did you ride it with them? I did. I think they're, I feel like they maxed out on the height though, or we're close to it. And yeah. it's such a cute ride. I mean, you could just go over to I-4 if you really want that swing experience. <laughs> That's a big nope for That's me. That's a huge jump, Stephanie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> God, what, I think that thing's like four. Okay, 400 feet is probably too much. However tall that one is, it's it's just too much. That's now, what is that? Or is it like the slingshot ride or something? No, um, it's, it's one of those swings but it's, hold on, let me see if I can find how high it is. It's like higher than people need to be sitting in swings, basically. Yeah, um, yeah I think I've seen it. It's like, it's like skyscraper height. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The star flyer is what it's called. 450 feet. I thought 400 feet was too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Hard pass. Anyway, oh. so the the Pteranodon Flyers is more my speed. For perspective, isn't Cinderella's Castle just under 200? So it's that would be 78. Okay, so that would be two Cinderella's Castles plus nope. a little bit more. No. <laughs> okay, and what bothers me about this is we've talked before about how Expedition Everest and Tower of Terror clock in at 199 feet because at 200 feet, you have to put the beacon on it for yeah. aircraft. At 450 yeah. feet, you're like above, like, no, thank you. <laughs> anyway, that was that was quite the tangent. Um, so mine's not really a hidden gem. I feel like it's just one that people, it kind of 
gloss over this one, and especially because of who it is represented in the ride, and it's the Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon. It, it, it really just boils down to somebody let Jimmy Fallon decide to have a little bit of a big budget to play with 3D effects. But <laughs> I, I think it's so much fun. Um, and I, I happen to love Jimmy Fallon because I think that all he wants to do in life is just laugh and he wants people to laugh with him. And the ride really captures that energy. Um, it, it is a 3D ride and you do sit, it's not like individual seats, but like the whole stage or the whole seating thing moves, but they do have stationary seats if you're not a fan of that. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. I can't explain why that ride is fun, but I love it. Can I add one more thing that's cool about this ride too, is that when you're in the queue, they have different shows and things going on. And I sometimes will go in there just to watch those, but they have the, is it the panda? The the bear? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, but I, what I like more, and I think this is what they're called. The ragtime gals. They're like a um, barbershop quartet, but they're guys and they sing rap music but barbershop style <laughs> it's so good like hip-hop and rap yeah. it's that those are hidden gems because they're very that, entertaining. that building's a lot of fun yeah. um i also i added in flight of the hippogriff it's the tamest of the harry potter rides a lot of people skip it i think it's really cute and uh, most of the rides that um in the wizarding world have some height requirements and this is one of the few rides that's great for the younger fans because i think it's like 32 inches for this one so they can take a ride on uh buck beaks back and it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. that one's cute okay so we talked about some attractions let's talk about some shows that maybe people don't know about or shouldn't miss um this one is not anything crazy it's not going to blow your socks off but it's cute it fills your time it's called Animal Actors on Location, and I may be showing my nerdy side here, but I love animals doing anything out of the norm, and there are a lot of pets incorporated into the show, some of them famous, like from movies, doing funny and cute tricks, also some non-pets. I think if you like animals, you want to get out of the heat, you want to sit down, this is a fun one to go to. It's not high production value like the Born Stuntacular is, so don't come in and expecting that, but it's just a cute, all-ages, family-friendly show. And then the other one is the Mystic Fountain, and I'm not sure if this one qualifies as a show, but I put it in here because it could. Um, it's located in Islands of Adventure in the Lost Continent portion of the park. Basically, it's a fountain that's home to a mischievous water spirit who speaks to and splashes those who engage with him. And I don't particularly like to participate in this, but I do like to get a beverage and watch other people participate because a lot of people have no idea what they're getting into or they're just unsuspecting and, you know, they get caught up in the the fun. (laughs) Cool, cool. So for mine, I love the Blue Man Group. Have you guys ever seen a Blue Man Group show? No. No. I saw them in Vegas. And fun story. So I actually bought a painting that they created on stage after one of the shows. And instead of a signature, they put their fingerprint on the back. And their fingerprint is the blue paint, but it has like this special oil that's mixed in with it so that it 
literally never dries. Like I could probably still touch it today and a little bit of glue would come off on my finger. Like <laughs> oh, they, they mix this oil so that the paint doesn't absorb in their skin because mm. they're painted blue like every day. So it's something that helps it from going into their skin and the little signature, like I, I can still touch it 20 years later and a little bit still rubs off on me. But anyway, that's my little connection to Blue Band Group. And they're at Universal at City Walk. So I love to see the Blue Man Group in different cities. And keeping with the blue theme, I love the Blues Brothers show at Universal. So straight from Chicago, you've got Jake and Elwood Blues wearing their signature um, suits and shades. That's a tongue twister. And bringing those funky tunes to the streets of Universal. So that's a super fun show too. So I, uh, a lot of my stuff is over at Harry Potter because um, that's basically where <laughs> I live when I go there. Um, so the first one, I like the Tales of the Beetle the Bard trunk show. So this is, um, they use different scenery and props and puppetry to tell two of the Beetle the Bard stories. Um, the 10 or so minutes of the telling of the three brothers I think is my favorite 10 minutes of all eight movies, at least from a visual perspective. Um, I've even considered having a tattoo drawn up in that style. And the use of the puppetry in the live show, it, it just captures that so well. And it's so neat to see it played out live. And it really is, you know, a story. And they're just great at the storytelling aspect of it. The other one is the nighttime lights at Hogwarts Castle. Um, just incredible use of projection mapping. And um, they, do, they do change it up for the seasons and for kind of what's going on around the parks. My favorite part is it's basically a sorting ceremony for a few minutes because everyone cheers when their house is represented on the castle. So it's a lot of fun. You do have to you do have to get there kind of early. Um, they, it starts filling up on the bridge and they're kind of corralling people about an hour before the show starts. That's a good tip, Stephanie. That's a popular one there. I mean, it's, I don't know if everybody realizes when they're going to university I don't, that that's going on. No, I don't think that, I don't think that a lot of people do realize before they get there and then they start to see people because I don't think that we, when I went, I don't think that we even knew it was going on. We just saw people starting to gather and we asked somebody what was going on. And so we stuck around for it. And it's a really great show. Okay. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about food. Um, I think most people, when they go to Universal, probably go out to City Walk because there's a ton of good dining out there. And in the parks, it's maybe a little, you know, it's, I would say it's probably not as good as Disney, if I'm being honest. Um, but let's see. Let's see if we have some hidden ones that you guys might like. I would suggest Mythos. You may not notice this one. Um, it's tucked away in the Islands of Adventure section of the park where um, the Lost Continent is. So it's Greek-inspired. It's table service. And you feel like you've walked into Mount Olympus. It's very heavily themed. I think it's one of probably the best food inside of any of the Disney or the Universal parks. Um, again, not counting City Walk. 
You've got primarily Greek food on the menu with some Italian items, plus healthier options. There's a lot of vegetarian and vegan stuff there. And I strongly recommend that you snag a reservation for this because, you know, while it is quote unquote a hidden gem, it seems to book up um, for the people that do know about it. Have you uh, eaten there before? Either of you? I wasn't able to get reservations. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Sounds good. It's good. It's worth a try. It's a, it's a little pricier, but not anything crazy, not signature level or anything like that at Disney. Yeah. Amber, what um, hidden gems do you recommend? So first I wanted to talk about Voodoo Donut. Um, it's very, I think it's the most Instagrammable restaurant at Universal, um, just because of all the colorful donuts that they have there. Um, we have been known to visit Voodoo and grab donuts even when we're on a Disney trip. So even if we're not at Universal, we'll drive there and get some Voodoo donuts and bring them back to our Disney resort. They have super fun flavors and toppings. My kids love the Fruit Loop topped ones. Um, so those are super yummy, super sugary. Get them sugared up before you go to the parks. Um, the other one that looked really cute to me is called the Hop on Pop Ice Cream Shop. Um, it is located in Seuss Landing. Next time I go, I'm definitely getting the Sunday on a stick. They serve it frozen so it won't melt in the Florida sun too quickly. So that's a nice little um, bonus. So you don't have ice cream running down your hands like two seconds after you walk out. <laughs> All right, Stephanie, what are you choosing? Um, I really liked uh, Vivo Italian. It's um, it's on the first floor of the, the building that has um, cowfish. It's really great Italian food. It's uh, better than most of the Italian that you can get at Disney. And I'm looking at you, Mama Melrose and Tony's. Um, it has a really cool vibe. It's definitely modern. They make the pasta fresh every day. It feels like a splurge, but it's not crazy expensive. Again, it's not like signature um, dining at Disney. They have great drinks, and I would recommend getting the limoncello. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> limoncello is one of my favorite drinks anyway, um, but mm -hmm. especially at an authentic Italian or an authentic feeling Italian restaurant. Um, my other one is Honeydukes. <laughs> I have such a sweet tooth, and this is a sweet tooth paradise. Uh, they have all the candies you can think of from the Harry Potter books and movies. It's it is the candy shop that's at uh, Hogsmeade, so this is over at Islands of Adventure. Um, the fizzing Whisbies are really good. It's chocolate with pop rocks in them. Um, you can get the every flavor beans at your own risk because they do mean every flavor. And the chocolate frogs, yeah, it's uh, really more about the cards because the chocolate is not great. Um, you can probably pass on those unless you really want the cards. Um, but the rest of the candy is really good. Um, you can get a bunch of candy at um, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes over at uh, Diagon Alley. Um, but I just like the atmosphere of Honeydukes and the, the color. It's just a lot of fun. So quick question, speaking of food at Universal, I know we're used to the reservation system at Disney where we have to, we, we can book our reservations 60 days in advance. Um, how is it different at Universal? Do all, the, all of the restaurants require reservations? Do some of them require them? And how do we make them? I used Open Table, I think it was. 
um, to get reservations and it wasn't, I didn't even have to talk to anybody, which is my favorite kind of booking reservations. Um, I don't know how early you can book. I don't, it, I, I definitely not like Disney. Um, right. where you have to be online at 6 a.m. 60 days prior. Technically, yeah, I've heard it's a lot easier. I was say, isn't it technically 45 days before? But I'll say that I never really worry about it. I just kind of do it early-ish. And then I, you can get what you want there. It's not super picked over usually. Yeah. And, and their website's really easy to use. Like Stephanie said, like I haven't used Open Table before, but if you go on Universal's website, you can do res- dining reservations right there. And it's pretty simple. Awesome. Okay. So now a couple of miscellaneous things that you might want to note for your next trip. Um, I recommend if you have kids checking out Camp Jurassic. This is a dinosaur themed playground where kids can let out their energy, also located in Islands of Adventure. It includes things like water cannons, slides, net climbing, and a lot more. So again, a good place to blow off some steam. And then I also recommend, maybe you don't think of this with Universal, but they're there. Characters are everywhere. Um, so you've got everybody from the Transformers like Bumblebee, Optimus Prime, and Megatron. I love all three of those. They're pretty cool to check out. Um, You can also meet the minions, a variety of superheroes, Blue, the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park, the Night Bus and Hogwarts Express Conductors, Kung Fu Panda, a whole lot more. So lots of characters in Universal. So I was going to say, I don't know if this falls under Rachel's meet the characters, but especially meeting Donkey, he is hilarious. I have seen some super funny videos on TikTok that people take of meeting Donkey. I think I sent you ladies one of them where someone took one of the figment popcorn buckets from Disney to talk to Donkey and Donkey's like, what is that ugly thing? (laughs) And he sounds just like he does in the movies. Um, Who's the actor that does his voice in the movie? Eddie Murphy. Is it? Okay. So it sounds exactly like Eddie Murphy is back there doing his voice. I also saw one, I think this past week, someone asked Donkey how to get to Batu, And Donkey was like, well, first you got to leave the best park in the world and go to the worst park <laughs> in the world. It was hey, let funny. me ask you this. Like, have either of you seen this? So Shrek, the show that they have there is done. They're not doing it anymore. Does that mean okay. that Donkey and Fiona are not going to be out there anymore doing the meet and greets? I don't know. When was the last show? Because the people are still posting videos, so I don't know. I don't know if it happened already or if it's happening soon, but I know that they posted about that. Let me look real quick. It seems like a pretty popular attraction, so I hope they don't get rid of it. Permanently closed January 10th, 2022. So not too long ago. Okay. So maybe Donkey's still there. Maybe Donkey survived. Yeah. I'm going to look while Stephanie talks about her next ones. Okay. I was also going to say as a Back to the Future fan, I love that you can see the actual DeLorean and train used in the Back to the Future movies at Universal. So that's another little hidden gem for me. Okay, so Amber, don't come at me. 
I only just saw the Back to the Future movies for the first time in September and October. What did you think? Did you like them? I liked the first one. Yeah. The second one, um, I liked it, but I, I, it just, I feel stupid saying this. Like, it blew my mind. I'm like, wait, did they film these at the same time? How did they get that done so well? So I, I don't know. Um, yeah. The, the third one was okay. I, I, the first one. Went off the rails for me, no pun intended, because <laughs> a big train in the third one. Um, but yeah, I think the first is definitely the best. Like, like a lot of movies, you know, the original is the best. And then they, they try because the first one was so successful. They try to do another one, but it just doesn't hit the same. Um, yeah, I can see. Real quick, they do still have, they are still going to have the Shrek and Donkey and Fiona meet and greet despite the show closing. So that's good. Good. That is good. Yeah. Um, so one of my miscellaneous is um, over in the Simpsons area, Moe's Tavern. This is the only place to get Duff beer. It's not my favorite beer in the world. It's not even top 20. Not that I have <laughs> 20 beers that I could name, um, but you just got to do it. You got you got to have the giant frosty mug of Duff beer. Um, if you're looking for a non-alcoholic drink or you want that experience, from the show you can also get a flaming mose um the one in the show is alcoholic but the one um on property is not hmm. um rachel mentioned this a little bit the shrunken head on the night bus this is so much fun if you're a harry potter fan and then it's arguably more fun if you're not because as a harry potter fan you can sit back and watch the unsuspecting muggles get roasted by this shrunken head they have no idea what's <laughs> going on um they're very quick-witted they asked my husband and me what our houses were and I answered first and I said Slytherin he said oh we've got a couple of Slytherins and I said well no he's a Hufflepuff and the shrunken head goes hey blink twice if you're being held against your will like just so fast um and then my last one would be don't skip Nocturne Alley in Diagon Alley it can be easy to miss because it's off to the side I can't even remember if it's before or after you get to the leaky cauldron. Um, but there are some really good details down this way that you don't want to miss. Um, you can also do some shopping at Morgan and Burke's for the special Slytherin or Death Eater in your life. Um, but yeah, that, that's the place to get all of your dark stuff. But it's really cool. And if you're doing the interactive wands, uh, there are a couple of spots in Nocturne Alley that you can use that. It's I'm trying me. to think. What special I'm, Death Eater do I have in my life that I could buy something for? I'm the special, I'm the special Slytherin in your life. Um, well, hello. I have two special Slytherins in my <laughs> I life. Know. No, actually, think, one of my best friends, he has the um the dark mark tattoo. And I said, What is this all about? Like, maybe we, we need to not be friends anymore. And he said that it's more about the Death Eaters trying to avoid death and get you know as much out of life and and to find that immortality and I'm like okay that's I can get on board with that Uh uh-huh uh-huh he's also he's also Slytherin unsurprisingly yeah (laughs) speaking of the shrunken head and donkey and all those meet and greets um over at Disney I know I'm changing it did y'all see that video where the kid was asking crush why don't we talk about Bruno (laughs) 
<laughs> no. <laughs> it was great. Crush was like, who's Bruno? Why are we talking about him? And the kid was like, from the movie, from Encanto. And Crush was like, what's a movie? <laughs> and they were like, is that that thing with electricity? And you watch pictures and the kids was like, yeah. And the crush was like, oh, we tried that down here once. It didn't, it was quite shocking. Oh, <laughs> no, I did see a video though. And he was like, what does Disney have against Bruno? And so, you know, we don't talk about Bruno and Encanto and then Silencio Bruno from mm-hmm. Luca. And then Bruno is the, the mean old dog from Cinderella. And there was like one more Bruno. I'm like, what do they have against Bruno? Yeah. <laughs> Poor funny. Bruno's. Mm. well hopefully that gives you some good ideas for your next universal trip and hopefully some things that you haven't done or thought of before so now we're going to go ahead and jump to trivia um do one of you want to take this since it was i think it was amber's amber do you want to tell tell what the trivia question was and what the answer is so the question was, I think, what is the color of the bottom part of the ship, the hull of the ship, and where did that color come from? Or it has a special name. So the hull of Disney's ships is a unique blend of 87% black and 13% blue. The color is intended to be black with just enough blue to give it that magical quality of color changing depending on the weather, time of day, light and your perspective of the ship and that's true y'all because sometimes I'll see the ships and it looks like a navy blue color and sometimes it looks black so depending on all those things the color actually looks like it changes. The name for this color has often been referred to as Monica blue. The story goes there was a cast member named Monica with a navy blue skirt that was the inspiration for the color combo. Mm, That's fun. Yeah. All right, so for this week's trivia question, we are keeping it focused on Universal, and we want to know what natural disaster did the palm trees in Seuss Landing survive? And a hint, this might give it away too much, but I'm still going to throw it out there. They are bent and curved, which gives them that whimsical Seuss Landing vibe, you know, effect that, that works so well in that area. No Googling. No Google. <laughs> All right. So in closing, thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We're happy to be your one-stop shop for talking tips for Disney Universal and beyond. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Amber, Rachel, and Stephanie are travel professionals with Main Street and More Travel, a no-fee Disney earmarked agency. Please reach out to us on Facebook for a free quote. Please rate, review, and tell your friends, and we'll see you real soon. Bye.